you're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Hello! I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 30 of The Real Reading Podcast, coming to you every Monday. Mondays, eh? Mondays. You like Mondays? I don't like Mondays. Tell me why. Well, I'm just really tired. Morning Sunday. Mm, Thinking what might have been over the weekend. Glory. Weekend glory. Probably got caught leg before wicket or something. Yeah, one of the reasons I don't like Mondays in the summer is because I have played cricket on the Sunday before and most of the time (laughs) I've got either got a bruise where I've been hit by the ball or I've got sore legs from from running around. Sometimes, not always. Not always. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes I'm fine. Um, if you enjoy our ramblings about Reading, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. And if you want to get involved in the show, you can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod, Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast, or on Instagram, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Rachel, you're not on Twitter, are you? Uh, I think I have a, a Twitter, a Twitterer, but I just don't go on it. Okay. Occasionally, okay. I branch into the Instagram. Oh, but not not often on the old. No. Uh, okay, interesting. Um, if you want it, Rachel, be. you should be. You know, it would really help us as a as a group. Yeah. You know, um, if you want it, you can check out our podcast index with all the major talking points on past shows uh, at inyouraria.co.uk/rrp-index. Now. I have something I want to talk about because, according to uh, somebody upstairs, they were filming in Reading Prison recently, and it's a TV show called Strangers on ITV. I don't know what time, but apparently they were filmed at some of it in uh, Reading Jail. And I then started to remember that lots of things have been filmed in Reading. Strangers, do you know what it's about? I've written um, the synopsis no, here, but I, well, I don't. Uh, so it's John Sim. Oh, I do. Who know. you may remember. Is it in set- in Hong, Hong Kong, Kong or yes. somewhere. Yeah. Is he a stalker? Is he a weird guy who... I think that's the point. That... You don't know what the truth is. Okay. I think that's the According whole... to the synopsis, which I'll read very, very briefly and yeah. well, um, Jonah Mulray, Mulray is a professor whose world comes crashing down when his wife is killed in a car crash in Hong Kong. Interested? Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, Though his wife lived and worked there for six months, Joan's fear of flying has stopped him from ever visiting. Now forced to abandon his sheltered life, he must venture across the world to identify her body. However, once he arrives, he finds out the shocking truth and is drawn deeper into a web of conspiracy in a foreign and unfamiliar place. Sounds right up my street. I love a bit of dark crime drama. I am curious how Reading Prison manages to fit in. Yes, I'm not not quite sure. (laughs) I I know uh, Lucy upstairs was watched watched the first episode and said I was looking for Reading Prison and couldn't see it at all. So I don't know how uh, Reading near the old Toys R Us looks like uh, downtown Hong Kong. But I've been to Hong Kong as well. Have you? I'm not sure. There's a single part of Reading I think reminded me of it. Yeah. No. I can't think of anything right now. Um, of course, it reminded me that recent, most recently, I suppose, uh, was Broadchurch, which was filmed uh, in Munchies, Munchies yeah. Cafe. Yeah. Um, and a friend of mine who lives in Janet's Park had her next door neighbour's house was taken over for part of the bit of the second series in the new in a new housing estate. It was it was quite cool. 
Uh, you got to hear all about how um, you know they used their house as a dressing room and all this kind of stuff. That was quite cool. That was in Bradnell, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And this ties in neatly as well because was it? Oh, it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, you guys did. Uh, Hugh, was it you, Hugh? It was you, Hugh, it who did me, um, yes. a piece on the Eagle Has Landed, which was Donald Sutherland and Michael Caine. Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. Yeah, very famous actor. Filmed at Maple Durham House, um, where they also used to film the uh, Great British Bake Off. Oh, really? Yeah, in its early incarnations, I believe. Um, Yes, it was 1976. There's some Uh, absolutely terrific pictures here that are being filmed. They're really good pictures. What I am. What interested. One of the many things which interested me, as well as all these Hollywood superstars um, filming in Reading, is that this was filmed in June and I don't know if you know anything about the, the summer of 1976 I think oh, yes it was hot wasn't it was hot it one? was the long hot summer of 1976 <laughs> the trademark parents <laughs> um, who talk about it like like nothing has ever been hotter standpipes in the road yeah frying eggs on car surely this summer's yeah. got a rival it well no <laughs> no not according to my dad <laughs> um, but um, there's clearly a picture of um Donald Sutherland walking around wearing a John Motson style sheepskin <laughs> coat. Yeah. No, that's not Donald Sutherland. That's the director. Donald Sutherland. Donald oh, Sutherland's sorry, on yes. the right. Yes. Uh, sorry. Yes, he's wearing a suit. But uh, John Sturgis, who's the director, is clearly wearing a John Motson. <laughs> he's not even in the film. No. That's not so, even. Like, so why is he wearing costume. a sheepskin coat? I don't know. Uh, that is a mystery. Wow. A mystery of our time. But everyone involved must have been very, very hot. And um, they're lovely old pictures. And what? Um, what interests me as a journalist as well is if uh, in 2018 if you rock up to anywhere where people are filming you get you're met with a wall of security guards yes. who try to tell you there's nothing going on at all <laughs> uh, but in 1976 the um, the press were just allowed to sort of wander around the um, the film site and uh, also members from people from people from the village were allowed to come and watch as well um, awesome. spoilers so uh, yeah you don't need to read the article now I've just gone through that no. thing. But, uh, <laughs> they're, they're amazing pictures and um we have got some more old pictures, I spotted, of some other filming that oh, we great. will use in the future. I think we might do a special. You've written an article previously on um, thing, film. Things filmed in Reading. Yes. In Reading. So I think we might do a special coming up on. There's on, that other thing filmed at Maple Durham not so long ago, the Tom Hardy thing, Taboo. Taboo. Oh, oh yeah, yes. he was spotted, yeah. wasn't yes. he? Locally, he kept yeah. popping up in Costa and stuff, didn't yes. he? Yes. Which Post- I, I really wish I'd been yes. there. Thatcher, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So we'll do we'll do something on that. That was um, on the water the water wheel. I think there was a particularly was gruesome scene. It was very, yeah, I've not seen the film. I must admit. No, it's a, it was a series, a BBC oh, thing. I think. I've seen the series. Mm, it was good. Okay. I guess it's good. Odd, but good. It's a good place. They created a um, for the eagle is landed. They turned Maple Durham House into an East Anglian village called called. <laughs> Let me just yourself think. Now. It was. Oh, no. No. I can't find the words. No, sorry, we've only got the pictures, but it was something like Chipping Norton, that sort of <laughs> name. Um, and it was a made-up East Anglian village. I, I don't know. Another mystery is why there were no actual East Anglian villages they could have used yes. to film in. But, um, not complaining, though. Not complaining. These very very famous, very cool yeah. uh, film stars all came to, uh, came to Reading. I, th- I think, um, as part of this, we, we want to try and get some more feedback on the show, we want to get we want to get more uh, readers' things to read out. So, love to hear of experiences you've had, um, maybe being involved in 
being being filmed or filming in Reading. Um, if anybody would like to get in touch with us, um, you can do so on Twitter and on Facebook, as we've it's mentioned. It's got to be Midsummer Murders. Well, there's, yeah, there's plenty the of, in some of the villages around here, yeah, maybe. Must be. But there's there's oh. loads and loads of, of possibilities. Also, anyone who's been an extra, yes, in anything in any it. film, anyone from Reading who's been an extra in any film ever, it, even bad, bad ones. In fact, probably more importantly, bad ones. I'll tell you a little story. My uncle, who is seventy three, um, was an extra in a film called The World's End. Uh, with Simon Pegg with Simon Pegg and oh yeah I've seen where that where they fight they fight blue bloody yes. aliens and um, the very first scene you can clearly see my uncle walking down the, <laughs> walking down the train train platform at High Wycombe Station oh, fantastic and <laughs> you can clearly see him in his anorak with his briefcase and uh, it's a memorable moment I, I think um, as, as regular listeners will know I grew up in Bracknell and one of my favourite memories well one of my favourite TV shows that used Bracknell as a as a backdrop was um, the second series of the oh, I've forgotten the name uh, the Wrong Man the Wrong Man with yeah. um, James Corden James Corden and, uh, Matthew oh, yes. Bainton and the entire final episode was basically a, a sort of a chase around Bracknell Town Centre <laughs> which which I did brilliantly in uh, making look real because a lot of it had been demolished by that point as well so yeah. it was really really good we got um, people we got lots of angry people. Uh, come to us when they were filming that because they put up a Christmas tree because they oh, were filming a Christmas yes. edition and people were saying why are they putting up the Christmas tree in Bracknell in September and the council had to say them, yeah, it's, it's part of a film so it's, not, it's not us putting up the Christmas tree three months early did you ever watch that programme uh, Hunted on Channel yes. 4 Yes, that Did was you brilliant. see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the Cunning Man? Yes, that was brilliant, wasn't that it? Was that was such a good show, yeah. that was. Rich was, loves it. Yeah. He's, he's desperate to go on it. I, I, I'd like to go. I just, the thing that frustrates me about that show is, surely you could just not talk to your family for a month. Surely. For that amount of money, yeah. Yeah, you could just... just Easy. Sorry, sorry guys, I'm just, you know, we'll have, we'll have a nice holiday. I'm not going to speak to you for a month. See ya. Just get on with it. Yeah. Surely. For a hundred grand, I could do that. <laughs> definitely, no definitely. It's such a good show, that, though. Love must, it. Must be back at some point next year, I think. But yeah, what a, what a show. Anyway, um, thanks, guys. That was, that was quite a nice... Uh, little digression. Little digression there. Lovely, yeah. I'd, I've forgotten about Hunted, but that was, that was great. Um, now, on to what we've liked this week. Rach, yes. yours is... Let's, let's go. Transport. Transport, Yes. Hopefully I'll make it a bit more exciting than that, <laughs> and I'm not saying transport, just have a moan about it either. Well, that's nice, um, that's nice. It was a positive one. Uh, yeah, so the last week I've been zipping around here, there and everywhere, travelling quite a lot. I was down in Plymouth for work for a few days, um, and up in London at the weekend, and it just kind of struck me how easy it is getting anywhere really from Reading which and you have to travel for your job occasionally is a blessing that I got on a train and I sat there for three hours and I read most of a book which (laughs) as the parent of a just turned three-year-old was just magic yeah to actually read a book that had more than eight words in it (laughs) any pictures uh, no pictures, <laughs> no pictures, no biscuit crumbs. It was, uh, it was really nice. And then I was in Plymouth. Yeah. And then I work for a bit, and then I get on the train, read some more, and then I'm home again. It's amazing. 
And then, uh, yeah, the weekend, uh, we got a bus. Me, I'm going to go on about the rock choir all the time, aren't I? I yeah. feel like a broken awesome. record. But um, we, me and my fellow Rockies got on a bus. Rockies. That's what we're called. Okay, we're, right. We are Rockies. Okay. Uh, we're okay. the Cavisham Rockies. Got on a bus, hop on the M4. Within an hour, we're at Hyde Park for the last night of the proms. Yeah. Uh, did you see anything of it? Because nope. it was of, on uh, Radio 2. Were there lots of pro, pro EU flags? Wasn't there a big uh, Brexit demonstration? I, well, that wasn't the last night, was it? I think that was the night before the last night. The pen- there were a few. The penultimate yeah, night. There were lots of pro EU flags which made lots of people on the, in the national press very angry. Uh, there was quite a lot of flags, but no protesting, I saw. Uh, yeah, so there's 40,000 people there. And the first act was the rock choir leaders from all around yeah. the country introduced by Michael Ball <laughs> it's <was> very exciting <laughs> um, and so they come on and they start singing their first song was Dancing in the Street which is obviously a tune yeah uh, and then Rachel just made the international sign for tune and also time tune. out Dancing in the Street also has one of the funniest videos. Yes, it is pretty see. awesome. Uh, have you the, the, the co- that's a cover, I believe, by Mick Jagger and David Bowie. Sorry to digress. Have you seen the version of Dancing in the Street with just the video but no music? And it's just no, Mick Jagger and David Bowie just, just, just dancing, dancing around. around. <laughs> <laughs> yes. awesome. It was magnificent. Look that up. That's well <laughs> worth a watch. <laughs> that is, it is a good video. Sorry, um, Rachel, yeah, on. so they start singing Dancing in the Street, and obviously we're singing along, yeah. and then partway into the, the song, we all we strip off, so to speak, to reveal our rock choir t-shirts, and it's an 8,000 people strong flash mob Fantastic. in the middle of the proms. That is awesome. was pretty cool. What, um, what was your overgarment? Uh... Simple cardigan. A simple a cardigan. Wasn't it had like to a, be something a bit, you yeah. know, zippy, yeah. so it could get, get it off quick. A jumper or a sweater could cause all sorts of problems. <laughs> yeah, no, with mine's just arms, a cardigan. Heavy glasses could get caught off. Yeah. I'm now thinking about the bit in the Full Monty where he's where they're sewing Velcro into their trousers so that they can just whip <laughs> them off very quickly. We stopped at the station. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> oh, but it was just such a good day. We had a great time and. Uh, yeah, so the point of my I like is yeah. that it was just so blooming easy to get there and to get home again yeah. afterwards on the bus. Um, it was brilliant. So let me get this straight. The thing you loved about Reading this week was that you could I leave could get away easily. From it easily. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, every yeah. so often, Rich and I have a chat about potentially moving house, and I'd eventually like to live somewhere a bit greener. Mm. And we go, right, let's look at some villages around, and then. But then that would make getting into London and getting places just that bit more difficult, wouldn't it? Mm. And I'm just not quite there yet. Yeah. I, yeah. I like being able to jump on a train and be in London in 25 minutes or for a gig or, yeah, or so whatever. You, need to go. you also managed to get to get to Plymouth without any train delays and get get to London on the M4 without any crashes as well, which is uh, that, which is you so say you had a good day of travel. Miraculous. <laughs> I had a good travel week. You had a good weekend of <laughs> yeah. travel because. Not Good to travel, the proms, I read a whole book, <laughs> and it, I'm like to winning, and, winning so at life. To and from Plymouth without any delays. Oh, 20 minutes 20 coming minutes home. 20 minutes, that's not too bad. Okay. No, that was okay. Just a bit slow while you were on the train as well. Only because we got stuck behind another one, so uh, there was no dramas. That's all right. 
Hugh, you, I, you've got nothing on my script for you, but you've said you've come up with something. What have you got? Yes, this is a... Um, it's, it's a bit nerdy, but it's, it's the planning process being done thoroughly. Fantastic. Oh, Can't wait for this. Oh, this right, so I'm going to keep this brief because <laughs> it could be quite boring, but there, there was a planning application for 42 homes in Caversham, in yep. Henley Road. Uh, that has been given permission, so those houses will get built. But the developer... Where can, is that? That's near me. Henley Road. Uh, That's a long road. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know oh, exactly no. where it is. Potentially, it's within a few hundred metres of my house. Number, it's number 42. Is it? Mm. Are you making that up? Uh, possibly. It could be the 42 houses. and no, I don't know. I can't remember. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's there are 42 houses going to be built. And... The developer came back to Reading Borough Council and said that the 30% of that development, which is about between 11 and 12, I think I worked out, of the houses, um, which are affordable houses, essentially said, we don't think it's in the current market worth us us building affordable houses. The council planning committee has said to them, it hasn't told them no as such, but it said you're going to have to do a lot more than than this what what you've provided here to us to provide, provide to prove that you don't have to build affordable houses in in a, in a part of a country that's crying for affordable houses. So, so very basically, um, it's the council is not at this stage sort of crumbling in the wake of developers' demands, and it is it is has at least demanded more information from the developer as to why it feels it doesn't have to provide affordable houses on a housing site in a desirable area like Caversham. So, What constitutes affordable in oh Caversham? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that. Affordable <laughs> in Caversham. Um, I'd love to know that. Uh, slightly less expensive, I think. Possibly um, run by either the council or housing associations rather than... So like a buy, part by part rent? Or potentially or just rent, rental for, for people on lower incomes as part of the development. Because I, want, I wonder what the average house price is in Caversham. It's, it's quite a lot. about half a million or something. Uh, I don't know if it's that much. Um, yes, it's the most expensive part of Reading and it's the house price average is, is, there's a big discrepancy because you go to the houses by the river which is sort of two million, two million plus and then there's, there's cheaper areas so the average is quite high yeah. because of those ridiculous houses with the helipads and <laughs> private stretches of river and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see what happens and whether the council um, the council comes up with another, whether the developer comes up with another solution. I imagine, I imagine they might come back with somewhere between none and 30% as an offering and the council in the past has uh, agreed to slightly lower amounts of affordable housing to have some on these developments but you know it's good to it is good to see that they they, they aren't just letting letting developers do what, do what they want and applying the processes for something that's very much needed mm. in this area so it's a bit geeky and nerdy but I, um, <laughs> I was pleased to see that they made that particular decision sticking to their guns and so one of them said the developer is going back on its original promise because obviously it has planning permission and has agreed to build mm. affordable houses within that planning permission. It's now trying not to. So take the planning permission away then. If it's not, gonna, it's not valid if they're not building what they agreed to. Well, they're trying to change it, and um, 
potentially within the system if the council was to agree that then then that's fine but if if not they are they are permit they are have a promise if you like to to build that original development but what they can do is just let the planning permission expire and not build anything or they can appeal um which is what they did. This, this is quite a long-running saga with that site. They tried to build 60 houses there and the council said no and there was an appeal, but then they got permission for the 42 and that appeal was withdrawn. Um, so once the council has deferred the decision, once the decision has been made, which will be at the next meeting, the developer will then either provide something new or challenge, could well challenge the decision and an appeal and we'll see where we go. But... Um, you know the original. The original is that they provide this support, affordable housing, and that that is what it is now as it stands. And so we'll have to see what happens down the line. Cool. Thank you. Mine this week uh, is I don't know if you've seen it. There's a Barton Wilmore, or uh, I think the solicitors um, or legal something or others. I, I should have read this a bit more. Anyway, they have raised a lot of money for charity and they've been nominated for Pride of Reading Award. But what they've also got, they, they're in the Blade, which is that big spirey building uh, in the town centre. It's an down. Yes, yes. Um, they uh, had some artwork created for their, for their business. It's like a big uh, hand-drawn map of Reading. And they've had this done as artwork and they've sold it to raise money you can now get it on a tea towel really yes and I like tea towels <laughs> I just thought that was quite nice do you like using them or just looking oh, at them oh you know you got, you just got to look at these tea, oh, right. tea towels are their, their ornaments aren't they they're there to they're there for display <laughs> decorative, um, decorative purpose. purposes <laughs> um, but yes you can you can uh, donate £10 to to their uh, charity fund uh, and you get a lovely tea towel hand drawn uh, reading map with a tea ta- with a hand-drawn reading map on a tea towel, which is what, lovely. What does, have you got a picture of it? Has it got sort of reading landmarks so from on it? it? So it has landmarks, but also it looks at the sort of some some of the smaller areas, and it's got little bits of history on it, and it tells you about like reading. the after dark, for example. I haven't seen it up oh. close, but I would like to. So if anybody wants to buy me a tea towel to the after dark, it's well done. <laughs> no, 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 you can never find it unless, unless you're really, really yes. drunk. When we used to, we used to go to the after dark all the time, yeah, didn't we? we? Did. And it, we always used to joke that we'd never be able to find it in the daylight. And I'm pretty sure that you can't find it in the daylight. I've, I've been there in the day. Boring. Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> I had to go and meet the owners a couple of times when the um, oh. when it was under threat of being turned into flats. So you could see the. I walked past it a good few times. So it wasn't easy. It's like like a recruitment place on the corner, isn't it? I know it's here somewhere. (laughs) And then I just thought, like, because you just walk right right up to the door and not realise it's there. Without Dave the doorman there to guide you in, it's impossible. (laughs) But, yeah, sorry. I've been in that an empty nightclub during the day. It's a bit weird. It's a weird place. Did you go, Rach, when we talk about... um, is it Utopia at Junction 12 quite a lot? Oh, we're, we're going to get a nightclub also, nostalgia. Was it, was it you and I that went on the opening of when they changed this J12? Did, did you go on that? I did, I did was, go a few times. Did but I it was, I can't remember, because I just remember like all the lights being on and it being really strange that this was a nightclub. and yet, yeah, It was quite big, that one, wasn't it? Was, it? it was huge. It was massive. massive. One of the things you used to do when you went in there was to instantly lose all your friends and become completely <laughs> yeah. disorientated and spend at least... 40 minutes trying to work out where, where they'd gone <laughs> just wandering aimlessly around they used to do a bus up there didn't they from outside Yates the Utopia bus yeah. used to, it was only in Calcott which I know because I, I live down the road from, mm. from where it used to be it's about 
15 minute drive <laughs> oh, that bus felt like it used to take hours yeah. and it used to be like the most exciting trip out into out I'm going to dance yeah, I'm going to get really drunk on a 20 pound bar yeah. please drink responsibly yeah. oh well that's one of them that's gone it's now an Ikea what we should do is go to Ikea but pretend it's Utopia <laughs> just go and have a little rave in yeah. the middle of the yeah. bed yeah. section or something yeah get Lionel Vinyl down there <laughs> what, what, what are you doing now Lionel Vinyl <laughs> thanks guys um, now it's time for a brand new feature called Fact of the Week oh okay here we go hang on right have you got we, one we do in fact yeah I've got Fact of the Week because I did it for you he pinched your book I pinched your book because <gasps> you weren't here so normally Rude. I'll get you to read these out Hugh because okay. Fact of the Week is your thing yeah um, but this is taken from Around Reading in 99 or so facts <laughs> this week's fact is in 1903 Reading Police set up the town's first speed trap on the Bath Road the Motor Car Act in 1903 meant the speed limit went up to 20 miles per hour can you imagine trying to do 20 miles an hour up Bathroom. Bathroom. At times. I mean, yeah, it's just quite easy at, t- at yeah. certain times of day. You'd be lucky. You'd be dreaming of getting up, getting up to that speed. It's I'm like, in second gear. Second gear. Oh, it's the, it's the roundabout. Yeah. <laughs> where, is, where does the A, the A4 the Bath Road starts at uh, Castle Hill, doesn't it? Uh, and then goes from. Doesn't it go from the Bath to London? No. That's yeah, the, a, the A4 does, but the Bath Road bit oh, the is Bath a specific. Road bit. Yeah. It doesn't it's go around the way. Yeah. 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 It turns into <laughs> turns into London Road on the other side, doesn't it? Mm. Cool. Well, that was that was brief. Um, it's always interesting, I think, to, uh, to to have our fact of the week. So we'll be doing that. If anybody has any facts they would like to share with us that they think we don't already know, um, know more about the Reading Number Seventeen bus because we know about that. Um, have you ever done that pub crawl? No, not yet. Keep meaning to. Maybe we should do it one day. How many pubs is that? Surely be loads. Uh, would you walk it or would you just get on the bus? Get on the bus. I don't know. The entire route of the 17th from yeah. Tylehurst to, yeah. to Reading Town Centre. Yeah, lot, from the Water Tower in Tylehurst. It's isn't a long, it? long walk. All the way up yeah. to the um, Cemetery Junction, isn't it? Uh, down that way. Uh, beyond that, yeah. isn't it? It goes to that crossroads at the. At the top, I think, three tons, is it? Yeah, you'll probably finish at the three tons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or start start at the three tons, surely. Oh, yeah. Whichever way you do. Anyway. How would you get there? On the (laughs) 17. Doofus. (laughs) Um, Now, it is time for the return of everyone's favourite. Fort explains it all. Hugh, this week you have been to. I have been. And I should say this week. This we're we're slightly delayed in putting this out, so it'll be last week. But oh, you've been to. I have been to see the new designs for the Reading Mass Ra- Rapid Transport Route, which we've already discussed on this program. So people should know because I know they listen avidly to me explaining <laughs> things. Um, is a uh, bus pedestrian and cycle proposed bus pedestrian and cycle bridge over the River Kennet and the Thames. Um, designed to improve, enhance bus travel around between Reading and Wokingham and around the town, and um, was approved in Reading but refused in Wokingham. So at the moment, it is it is a bridge t- 
to nowhere. <laughs> a road to nowhere, so to speak. Um, <laughs> so this, um, the, the, what I went to was a public exhibition into the um, the new designs for the for the scheme. The scheme, the idea is the same. Yeah, um, it's not a radical change, but the um, there are changes to the design to make it more um, essentially cosmetic changes to make it more um, environmentally appealing. Um, for example, um, the, the these are proposals. So they, they're talking about putting ivy on it to make it uh, to make it more sort of more, more green, and also um, also different styles of concrete to make it look more kind of to to make it fit in better, as well as um, it says planting or rusty reed sculptures. Um, so it's enhancements to the the, the world the world yeah. because of. The big concern, the big concern is losing the um, the impact on wildlife in the area. So I went to this public meeting, public exhibition rather of these plans, uh, which the council is consulting on. So we don't yet know which which of these proposals will be in the final um, application. But it's it's kind of on the feedback from Wokingham who refused who refused it. Yeah, and. Um, I'd just like to say, first of all, as a caveat, if you go to public exhibitions on things that people don't like, you don't tend to get many supporters at them. <laughs> um, because people who are in support just kind of go about their daily business, don't feel the need to go and give support to something like that. So everyone I spoke to was against it. Um, it's still the impact on the riverside wildlife that they are concerned against about. Against it completely? Or completely, against, against the whole... Current no, against, against the whole idea. It's right. not... Um, Whereabouts is it supposed to be? So it's near Thames Valley Park. Is this uh, the one coming over into Caversham? No. No, that's, that's the third, that's third bridge. bridge. That's the third bridge. That's, that's different. That's way down the line. Yeah. So <laughs> this is um this is a bus. So it's not not traffic. Mm. So so buses for cyclists and for pedestrians um, between Reading and Wokingham. So in that direction. Essentially, and there are 80 Well buses. done, Hugh. You've just pointed, and no one else can see that. Yeah. In which direction? So, sorry, no, sorry. East Reading, um, <laughs> with, on the border of Wokingham, and the, the third Thames Bridge would be in North Reading at the border of Wokingham. Right. So, so, essentially, people don't people aren't interested in cosmetic improvements. From what I can what I can gather, they just don't want it. They think it's. They think it's both a disaster environmentally, and they, they say that part of Reading is one of its nicest, greenest um, areas in a town which hasn't got a lot of green. Um, they they can't understand why you'd want to build a bridge mm. in the green bit, essentially. Um, but there's also there's also concerns that it's not going to make any difference to traffic, which is one of its aims, um, as it's. Um, they say people people aren't going to drive the the park and ride, which is also being built, which would service some, a lot of the buses going on there. They say it's too small, and they feel it's two hundred and seventy spaces, um, and they feel that to, people will drive to it, and then not be able to get in it because it'll be mm-hmm. full in the morning and just end up driving aimlessly around, yeah. really trying to find somewhere else to park. So it would counteract itself. So the um, the cosmetic improvements are very much too to appease the councillors in Wokingham to to get the planning approval for it but there are I can't really recall too many things which have had such a kind of level of um, opposition to them from from people 
with this, people generally genuinely seem to think it's going to destroy um, the riverside in Reading, and you've got a you'll have a, tra- a bridge running alongside the river and over mm. the river. So we'll have to see how that goes. It, um, it, it is a major cog in the, the council's transport strategy, um, and it with the aim of you know there's a lot of problems with pollution and stuff in the um, in the London Road area. And the uh, the aim to provide better public transport to get people to stop using their cars um, is very much one of the council's main main strategies. So we'll have to see how this goes goes down the line. Um, one thing I will say is that I keep on hearing that down the line it'll be converted to become a car a car right. bridge as well. Um, I did put this to some of the council officers who were there, and they were they just said no because you would have to, it's not suitable, it's not going to be designed for that if it does get built, but also um, you would have to apply for planning permission to change it into a car bridge and whoever is running the council at that time, if they were ever to try to do it, they'd have to try to prove that that won't lead to enormous amounts of traffic coming into Reading, which it would. So so I would suggest if this was ever to become a, a car bridge, it it would be a disaster. A it would be a disaster, and B it would be enormously expensive. And um, I can't ever see it happening if they if they build it for this specific purpose, mm. and then someone takes out change, say the council changes to something else, or or twenty years time. We'll be in cars by then, Hugh. So it'd be fine. whatever. I can't see it becoming a teleportation. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I can't see it ever becoming a car bridge. So I think that that rumor is. Um, not not really fair on the council, um, so we'll have to see, have to see how it goes. But this is, it is very unpopular. Yeah, um, and the council is going to have to work quite hard to mitigate the concerns of people who, like I say, they don't want to see a different version of it. They want to see no version of it at all, and money spent elsewhere doing other things to try and mitigate traffic and air pollution. Thanks very much, Hugh. Um, that was this week's Fort Explains It All. Uh, I think that's probably the third time we've covered the MRT. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, let's not do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> let's just see what happens. Cheers, Hugh. Last bit then. Random question time. Who chose last week? I can't remember. I didn't. You did. Rachel, your turn. turn. We're a bit... Oh, are you not having a turn? No, no, no. no. no, I don't don't don't. get involved in this. We've only got a couple of random questions in. We need some more. Don't be school trips again. (laughs) They're all school trips. (laughs) Kill (laughs) through! What have we got? I knew it would be this. School trips. <laughs> no, because it's going to shame me. Oh no! Oh no! That sounds terrible, it's Rachel. The favourite Reading FC game. Oh, well, right. we've got the right people here. Well, no, because we had this conversation the other week, didn't we? That I just do not have <laughs> the brain for remembering. If, like, literally, when I'd get home from a Reading game, I would have forgotten the score by the time I get home. <laughs> 
So asking me my favourite game ever. So I'm going to give you the, the outline of the game that I can remember okay. and then Hugh will fill in the blanks and say <laughs> it was this game, this was the exact score and this is who scored at these minutes. Yes, I'll get my football <laughs> now. <laughs> so there was a game I saw at the Madstad lots of years ago, 10, 12 years ago, maybe more. Uh, Reading versus Arsenal. Uh, Henri was still playing. Uh, you, you know the game you know already, from that, yeah. don't you? Go on. They won 4 0. But it was just an absolute masterclass of <laughs> football from <laughs> Arsenal. And we're losing 4 0. Thank you, Hugh. Was, and all yeah, we're, we're just applauding yeah. Henri. What, like, this is that, that right there, that's football. It was incredible. It was like Reading might not have been. Like it was a training game for Arsenal. They had, a, I, I remember it. I remember it well. Henri was absolutely in, imperious, um, yeah. and it was, it was awesome. poor Reading who were doing. I think I can't Maybe remember around the time we were really good. Wasn't yeah, it? I like can't. I can't actually remember. Season, it was it, whether it was the season straight after we got promoted to the Premier League, having romped the Championship, or was it whether it's the season after that when we were relegated? I can't remember because every time we play Arsenal, they absolutely hammer us. And um, but it was, yeah. Henri was playing. Van Persie was playing. I think he was playing. I think Van Persie was playing. I just remember Henri (laughs) being like a man on on the pitch on his own, pretty much, just just running around, scoring goals, and and uh, yeah. And you just had to, you had to kind of applaud them for what what they were doing, um, compared to hard working. Reading, who, who whose hard work was found to be rather limited in that particular capacity, but yeah, there was another favourite moment where who was the, that really really fast winger? Is it Jimmy Kebe? Yes. Uh, when he stopped mid mid manoeuvre to pull his sock up, <laughs> yes. and then carried on. That was against <laughs> West Ham. That was oh, against West Ham, and then uh, yeah, he awesome. pulled his socks up, and then the West a West Ham player absolutely clobbered him <laughs> and got sent off. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. Yeah, he was taking the mick though, wasn't he? Yeah, you just, would, you would, wouldn't you? I'm that not, was a Sunday. This is so easy. I'm just going to pull my socks up mid run. Yeah, so those were my favourite <laughs> moments. I think. Hugh, your what you turn. Got? Oh, uh, favourites. Um, a lot of fans would say it was the Wigan playoff game in 2000, but I wasn't there. Oh. I was studying journalism in Sheffield at the time, and um, I had to watch that game on teletext, <laughs> which was which was um, which was something of an anticlimax really, because it had like five pages of football results every time it come round. So it was Wigan. It was. T- it was 2-1 two two to Reading and Wigan were win, win, winning to right at the end and then Reading got a penalty which they in typical fashion missed <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, Mickey Forster um, scored and then he scored again I think sorry if I got this wrong uh, right at the end and the whole place went completely crazy and I think once once Teletext eventually updated about half an hour after the game <laughs> I, uh, I also went a bit crazy on my own in the kitchen in my student, <laughs> student digs in Sheffield um, but I that's not my favourite game. What was your favourite game? What's my favourite game? There's the promotion game. The, the promotion game. I didn't go to it. And the, <laughs> it, was, it was away at Leicester. I couldn't get a ticket. I, I left it too late to try and get a ticket. In typical typical fashion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watched it. Listened to it on the radio in my mate's living room. Um, I really liked the game against Crystal Palace on a Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> 
it was 3-2 to Reading and Leroy Lita scored a hat-trick and he scored this amazing overhead kick and uh, it was one of those nights where I th- where you get it very occasionally but always at midweek games where the stadium's really full and everyone's mm. really excited and you get a really really good game and it's dark under the lights and it's cold and it's it was just everything was really good and then he scored that brilliant goal and we I think we won again I get mixed up with all these games I'm getting, I'm getting old, <laughs> old and confused but I'm sure we won I'm sure Leroy Leeds scored a hat-trick and he definitely scored an overhead kick <laughs> and it was just it was just fabulous and um, those days those days of football that the, the, around the promotion time um, under Steve Coppel were special special times special. and um, it kind of the way the club has gone now into sort of lower lower championship nothingness in terms of in terms of performance is really quite disappointing um, to not even be to, to be relegated to, to be relegated and then go back up again like a lot of teams do um, but then to be relegated straight away without even really trying to stay up um, and then just to go to nothing from there a series of mediocre managerial appointments and loads of rub- loads of rubbish players um, <laughs> in that time and not challenge that one playoff season understand aside to have years and years of not even not really looking like that much like you get relegated not not challenging mm. at all to go up so it's just sort of nothingness is, is pretty disappointing really after those yeah. after those glory years it's quite hard to to keep yourself motivated I'm very much impressed by everyone who, who goes every week and goes away and supports yeah. these teams watching did you used to have a season ticket I had a season ticket for 8 years I gave it up um, yeah, I gave it up when Brendan Rodgers was manager because, simply because I'm afraid I'm not a really a proper football fan in that I don't have that kind of tribal loyalty that just to go and go every week rain or shine What the, the, the football under Brendan Rodgers was so bad so boring that I was not getting the money the entertainment I demanded from my season ticket and I found yeah. suddenly found I had a lot of better things to do on a Saturday than go and watch Reading do triangular passes in their own half and then lose and not have a, <laughs> and not have a shot all game and, uh, and, uh, and I you know, I, yeah, Mr. Mr. Rogers has got a lot to answer for in terms of my enjoyment of football I'm afraid so just, uh, just to finish off so uh, Leroy Lita has now signed for Mar- non-league Margate Margate excellent yeah. he, he's not that he's not he's quite old for a footballer but he's not that old is he he's no, 33 yeah. what's um, the man pulling up his socks doing what's Jimmy Kebe up to Oh, I thought you were. No, not even looked. Oh, no, you good. just knew that. He hardly played any games at all after leaving Reading for ages. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. He's currently a free agent. I bet he's been a free agent for ages. And he's, he's only. How old is he? Last played, he is 34 currently. 34. He last played for Real Mallorca in 2015 16. No, well, I say played, made no appearances. Made no appearances. According to Wikipedia. What happens? He was after you're club. not a footballer anymore. If you don't become a pundit or a manager. I don't know, you go into like a state agency, don't you, or something? Wasn't there quite a famous Reading player who was, became a postman? Neil Webb. Neil Webb, yeah. 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 For England, <laughs> no, he's a postie, no, right? Well, on that delightful yeah. note, <laughs> um, cheery at the end. It, well, yeah, 
Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Um, if you're enjoying our prattlings about Reading, and if you've come this far, then we're assuming you must be, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. If you want to get involved in the show, you can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod, Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast. We're on Instagram, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you know anyone who you think would be great to interview for the podcast, please do let us know. The only prerequisite is that they must live or work in the town, and most importantly, they must love Reading. That's all for now. We will see you in a week. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast.